This episode of Unreasonable Doubt is sponsored by Army Flashcards. Army Flashcards has a passion for making the military profession the best it can be. They help this cause by offering flashcards, audiobooks, handbooks, and more. In addition, armyflashcards.com offers free online quizzes, an active blog, and even podcasts. All of Army Flashcards products are backed by a 100% money-back guarantee. Go to armyflashcards.com today. Army Flashcards, the world's best military training resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Charlie Brown? He's doing the chop, baby! Oh, no! What is this, 1984? I just rambled for 20 minutes and deleted it. Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. This is a good measuring stick to see how much WVU has improved on game 12 versus game one. I'm excited for that game. We're playing with house money. They should probably lose this game, but let's see what happens. Yes! I'm so glad to be dead wrong. All right? Hello from the Dire Prime Pantry in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt, podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. Episode 12. Ohio State, we won. Follow me on Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. Twitter, tweeting on Twitter. Find those tweets at I'm Josh Witt. Facebook, you know, Facebook page. Find it. Hit the blue thumb. Follow the podcast there. Unreasonable Doubt WV at gmail.com is the email address. Send me an email. I'll read it on this podcast. West Virginia was out rebounded. Oscar Shibwe did not score, only played eight minutes. For most of the game, West Virginia shot under 50% from the free throw line. And yet they go to Cleveland and beat number two Ohio State 67-59. Best win of the season, and you know it and I know it. And that's great. I did not expect... West Virginia to go into Cleveland and win this game. Ohio State's been killing good teams. And Ohio State was up most of this game, up nine in the first half. West Virginia comes back in the second half. West Virginia's defense today, the second half best defense of the year, held Ohio State to five field goals. They shot a ton of free throws, but they only made five field goals in the second half. Only scored 22 points. West Virginia held Ohio State to 31% from the field. Caused 22 turnovers. As with most... (laughs) I feel like I say this a lot, but if you don't have a rooting interest in Ohio State or West Virginia, it's tough to watch that game. Because defense is not as is not as fun to watch, you know? And yet both teams good at defense. WVU, amazing in the second half defensively. Rotations. You know, uh, 
it's been it's been a little while where West Virginia, you know, first half they gave up some open threes. And that's fine. Ohio State's a good team. Second half, only a couple of chances where Ohio State had clean looks, step-in threes. Outside of that, WVU flying around, rotating over, getting on guys, diving after loose balls, taking charges, and just disrupted Ohio State. Number two, Ohio State. The key defensive guy today, defensive MVP, Gabe Osaboyan. He was guarding Ohio State's big guy, and he did it well. Led the team in minutes because uh, Oscar was in foul trouble. Culver was in foul trouble. Oscar had three steals. He took multiple charges, diving for loose balls. He was awesome. 31 minutes for Gabe, and all of them were important. His stat line is funky. He's double clutching all of his layups or his two footers. He made one of them and got an N1, missed the free throw. Ohio State, when Gabe had it at the top of the key, like standing, like John Flowers' defense in that Final Four game, like disrespectful defense, basically standing under the basket. And he couldn't hurt him that much, but he, he hurt off Ohio State defensively. He was amazing. The whole team was great in the second half, and I loved it. Offensively, the last time <laughs> away from WVU, away from Morgantown, that Oscar was in foul trouble, it was Cancun against Northern Iowa. They were down, they were down a lot in that one. They weren't down nine. They were down double digits. And Deuce McBride saved the day. Same thing today. This kid, <laughs> I mean, he's an adult, right? He's 19, but he, <laughs> 21 points, made three of four from three. It was tough sledding early against Ohio State, really good defensively. Deuce comes in, starts making shots, and keeps WVU in the game in the first half. And in the second half, crunch time. Deuce wants the ball, and a little over a minute left, West Virginia up three, trying to seal the game. West Virginia needs a shot. Late in the shot clock, Deuce does like a, an Akeem shot. <laughs> he does not like Akeem and Elijah one, except he wasn't under the basket. He was on the wing, okay? And he does the up and under, gets their big guy up in the air. One hand throws it up. Swish. West Virginia goes up five. He makes foul shots late. He does the shoulder shrug when he makes that shot. <laughs> the Jordan shoulder shrug. I love it. I wonder, you know, at what point will 18 and 19 year olds say, I don't know about this Michael Jordan? Like, I don't know if you've been paying attention, but ESPN's coming out with a 10 part documentary series on Michael Jordan and there may be guys on this WVU team that'll be like 
I need to watch this 10 part documentary because I don't I I've heard about Michael Jordan. Love the shoes. And he's doing the the Jordan shoulder shrug. Love it. And just like that Northern Iowa game or other big wins against good teams, WVU got contributions from almost everybody that played. Significant contributions. Culver had an off day, in foul trouble, still had seven points, ten rebounds, two big shots late in the second half. Like, crazy, herky-jerky bank shots that go in. He was great defensively. Shot robot. When West Virginia was down nine, late in the first half, he makes a beautiful three. All the shots are beautiful. Really important shot, cuts the lead to six, gets another three early in the second half. He contributed. Chase Harler, best game of the season for Chase. He played a lot of minutes. When he had open threes, he made them. Great defensively, including a stop late, got the layup to really seal the game. Just best game. You know, these WV guys, these guys from West Virginia, Chase. Great. Logan Rout had to play a lot because of the guys being in foul trouble. He held his own. Brandon Knapper played decent minutes and really contributed. He made a three. McCabe struggling. You know, I'm concerned about Jordan McCabe. But he's he's found this role in these close games as the as the icer. <laughs> he's the cooler. He Huggins brings him in at the end is like, all right. This guy will make free throws, and they get him the ball. He gets fouled, and he makes his free throws. That's a contribution. That's a team effort. And I can go down the line. Everybody, maybe one or two guys didn't make a substantial contribution. But everybody else, you can point to a spot of the game where, like, that was necessary in order for WVU to win. And so based on this game, Definitively, West Virginia can hang with anybody in the country. I didn't know that until today. And I feel confident that when West Virginia plays like that, defensively, and you know, they they were kind of rough in the first half. And second half, they end up shooting like 40% for the game. And that's like, that's like normal for WVU to shoot around 40%. And so you can get out rebounded, but win by causing turnovers and playing good defense uh, and just working hard. You know, you can, you can translate playing good defense into trying really hard. <laughs> and not to say that West Virginia doesn't try hard uh, every game. In spurts, they do. But to put a second half together like that, you've got to try hard the whole second half. And they did. And to put in perspective this win against a top five team, number two, Ohio State, going back to see what wins West Virginia's had away from Morgantown, go back to 2016, they beat Virginia in Charlottesville, but they were ranked sixth. So it's the best win in almost in three years or four seasons, the best top five win away from Morgantown. You got to go back to 2009. 
Big East quarterfinals versus number two Pittsburgh in Madison Square Garden. And so we're talking freshman Kevin Jones, freshman Devin E. Banks, freshman Truck Bryant. It's been that long since West Virginia's won a game like this away from Morgantown against a really good opponent. It's an important win. I'm not I'm not overreacting, okay? Did I was I in the fetal position at the 11 minute mark of the second half watching this game? Yes. Why? Because I knew that WVU had a chance to win this game and was hanging with the number 2 team in the country. And there's not great any great teams this season. Everybody has flaws. But West Virginia's in that top level. I'm saying it. I feel good about it. How big is that level? Is there 15 to 20 teams in the top level this year? Maybe. Is it that wide open? Sure. Is WVU going to be ranked possibly in the top 10 when the polls come out tomorrow? Maybe. They're going to be close to number 10. And that's amazing. All right. I don't like expectations, <laughs> but that's a me problem. They deserve a good ranking because this was an amazing win. Random thoughts coming up. Dire Prime is the lead sponsor for Unreasonable Doubt. Dire Prime, family owned, veteran owned, full service graphic shop. They make custom designs on every job they work on. They can put that design on over 1 million promotional products. When I first started partnering with Dire Prime, they was like, hey, Josh, we can put a design on over 1 million promotional products. I was like, that's awesome, man. It's really hard to grasp how you can put like 1 million. They said 1 million. And then I said, well, I can put your name on my pantry and they said that's cool call or text them to find out more about what dire prime can do for you 304-767-4445 find them on the internet direprime.com d-y-e-r-p-r-i-m-e.com or find them on facebook or instagram at dire prime random thoughts for this episode of unreasonable doubt wvu enters conference play 11 and 1 so they're done with the non-conference schedule outside of a game in late january versus missouri in the big 12 sec challenge which is in fact a challenge because all the games happen over a weekend okay but how is everybody else in the conference doing heading into conference play well i'll let's break it down i'll go by the ken pomeroy rankings going from Worst to first in the conference. We'll start with Kansas State as number 10. This is the transition year. They've been really good the last couple of seasons. Lost all of those guys. And so uh, I don't like their coach. All right? I'm on record as saying I don't like their coach. I find him annoying. This team struggles on offense. But they're good at defense. All right? They are 6-5, and five, and that's. They're far and away, according to Kim Pomeroy, the worst team in the Big 12. Still a top 100 team. I mean, that's not bad. The worst in the Big 12 
is not bad, okay? But Kansas State, you're the worst right now. Number nine, TCU. Similar to Kansas State, they lost a bunch of contributors from last year. They have two main guys. They got Desmond Bain, a guard, senior guard, and they got a guy named Samuel who's 6'11 and really good. Outside of that, you know, they're okay. It's a transition year. They're okay at offense, but they're really good at defense. And they're 8-3 and three going into the Big 12 schedule. Number eight, Texas. How is it that Shaka Smart every year has a young team? <laughs> I mean, I know the answer because he, he recruits talented guys and they stay one year and then go into the NBA. So it's like a blessing and a curse. He's getting great guys. They just don't stick around. They are bad at offense. They're good at defense. They're young. Texas's best player, his last name is Roach. So take that for what it's worth. Lots of talent, as I mentioned, but they're good enough for eighth right now in the conference. They're nine and two. The eighth best team in the Big 12 is nine and two. Okay. Number seven, Oklahoma. I like their coach. He's good. They have fake Larry Bird. He's still at Oklahoma. I don't don't think he looks like Larry Bird anymore. He gave up the mustache. But I like that guy. They take care of the ball. In this season, they are second in the country in the least amount of turnovers. To give a comparable, West Virginia beat Wichita State in another country. Oklahoma went to Wichita State and lost by five. But they're a good coach. They have a good team, and they're eight and three on the season. Sixth in the Big 12, Iowa State. They've got a high draft pick. All right. This guy's going to the NBA after the end of the season. Tyrese Halliburton. He's six five point guard, averaging over seven assists, really good at basketball. Iowa State, they're really good at offense. That's kind of their thing. Okay. Uh, they played Seton Hall twice, which why would you do that? <laughs> but they played him in one of those early season tournaments and then already had a scheduled game to play Seton Hall. They they split with Seton Hall one and one, and they're seven and four on the season. So uh most losses besides Kansas State, but Kim Kim Pomeroy says, hey, they got an NBA player and they're pretty good. Number five, Oklahoma State. They are 9-3 and three on the season, but they've played a few games without one of their best players, who makes me think of the Predator. And they have lots of seniors. They're really good at defense, and they've had WBU's number for the last couple of years. So uh, I'm concerned when West Virginia plays Oklahoma State because of history. And I think they're, they're number five in the conference and they've done that without one of their best players for a good stretch. So of course, when West Virginia is going to play him, they're going to have that guy. So I, I like Oklahoma state as a team. I like their coach. Uh, and when I say like them, that means West Virginia struggles against them. Number four 
in the conference. Texas Tech. Now, here's here's something interesting. Texas Tech, they lost a lot of guys last year, just like Kansas State and TCU. But guess what? They have an awesome coach. I don't like the guy, but I respect him. He's great at coaching basketball. I shouldn't say I don't like him. That's unfair. Sports don't like him. I sports. I wouldn't say I sports hate him. I sports dislike Chris Beard. He's got lots of young guys. The way Chris Beard coaches, they're really good at defense. Like the other, the teams that I've told you, they're, they're good at defense. They're good. Texas Tech and the way this guy coaches, they're great at defense. So they're definitely down from last year, and it's hard to not be because they went into overtime in the championship game. Like, they were second-best team in the country last year, all right? But this year, in a down year, they beat, at the time, number one Louisville, okay? So they're 8-3, and but two of their losses have happened in overtime. So they're... They're rebuilding, but they're really good because they've got a really great coach. West Virginia's third in the conference. They started the year 10th in the Ken Pomeroy rankings. They moved all the way up to third. Second in the Big 12, Baylor. Baylor's good at everything, all right? They're already in the in the top 10 in the AP rankings. They have three wins over ranked teams. They have probably... I would argue the the best two guards, uh, the best starting guards in the conference. Butler's awesome. And they have a weird defense. You know how Baylor is. They're weird defense. Typically, they have big giant guys, but not this year. But what they are, they're tough, all right? And they are 9-1. Most likely, they'll be 10-1 going into conference play. And they're number two in the conference. And that leaves number one, you guessed it, Kansas. Kansas is 10-2. and two. Their losses have been to Duke by two and to Villanova by one. They have one of the best point guards in the country. I mean, Halliburton's good, and he's 6'5". Uh, Dotson, for Kansas, is smaller, but he's the fastest guy maybe just in the world. All right? He's he's really fast in basketball, but he might be the fastest guy uh, on planet Earth. All right, and I'm going out on a limb on that. That's probably not true. Uh, no offense to, to the guys that run track that are probably faster than Dotson, but there's not too many people faster than this guy. Outside of Oscar and Derek Culver, they have the best big guys in the league and thus the country: Azabuki and McCormick. And they didn't win the conference last year. Uh, For once, Kansas didn't win. And Kansas sees that as a problem. And so this has a feeling this year of Kansas saying, you know what? Uh, Pass on that not being first deal. Uh, We're going to go ahead and be first again. And it's shaping up where they're going to probably win the league again. And that's fine. That's back to normal. And Remember all that stuff in the offseason with like FBI and wiretaps and the NCAA saying, hey, you all have done really bad things. Uh, that hasn't had any effect. <laughs> that 
that hasn't had any effect on on what they've done this season. Bill Self's still coaching. Uh, other coaches are still there. You know, he vehemently uh, disagrees with the charges, and so and that's cool. You're right. And Kansas will just keep being Kansas. So that's the Big 12 breakdown going into conference play. It's one of the toughest com- uh, conferences in America. And we know this. And so every game from here moving forward is a tough game. One to ten. It's a crazy league. And you play everybody twice. Which is kind of cool, but also kind of stinky. There's no... I mean, Kansas State is number 10, and they are top 20 in the country in defense. And they're the worst team. (laughs) So they can beat you like 46 to 44. Everybody can win at home. The good teams can win on the road. West Virginia has won a couple of important games away from home. So we'll we'll see how they do in the conference. It's down. I think the conference is down from last year, but it's still a gauntlet. It's tough. And we'll start that next game. And I'll talk about that game coming up in Final Thoughts. Permanti Brothers is a proud sponsor of Unreasonable Doubt. Show your Mountaineer pride at Permanti Brothers. Late-night deals start daily at 9 p.m. Great deals on fan favorites, including wings, the famous sandwiches, and more. Check up with the brothers on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram for the latest deals, most up-to-date news, and info on game day specials. Permanti Brothers, your college game day headquarters. Final thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. It's almost the end of the decade. 2019 is coming to a close. For this podcast, 2019 has been a good year. For the basketball team, uh, 2019 (laughs) last season was rough. 2019, beginning of this season, has been fantastic. All that I could have hoped for. My personal New Year's resolutions for 2019 or for 2020... Uh, one that's always outstanding, invite somebody over that's not family into my home. <laughs> I never marked that one off, but I always put that one on there. We all have those, right? If you do resolutions, that one that kind of lingers, maybe 20, you know what? 2020 is going to be the year Then I invite somebody over that's not family. Uh, lose weight. That's an easy one and a popular one. Watch more basketball in person. Got to Morgantown a couple of times, once for a scrimmage, once for a game. Looking forward to watching more Mountaineer basketball in the in the early part of 2020 and definitely next season. And then the fourth one, I'm going to keep it at four. Uh, tell people who I love that I love them. And I'm going to branch that out. People that I love outside of my family. I, I do a pretty good job. I'm not bragging. You know I'm not a bragger. Uh, I tell people that live in my home and extended family that I love them. Hey, friends. <laughs> I'm going to start telling you I love you more. That's my that's my resolution in 2020. And when I say more, it means I'm just going to start saying it. So that's going to create... Awkward moments, I'm sure, 
And uh, maybe I'm going for that as well as part of the resolution. Who's to say? I mean, I'm the one to say. Anyways, next game for WVU, Saturday, 2020, January 4th, 2020, 4 p.m. They finally decided West Virginia goes to Kansas. That game is not going to be on the television. I mean, it'll be on televisions, but you're going to have a need a Roku or an Amazon Fire thing, Fire Stick, or Apple TV or whatever, because the game is going to be on ESPN+. Plus. So if you got some cash uh, from somebody for Christmas or you got five bucks laying around, invest that before Saturday, uh, put that money to give it to Walt Disney Company and say, hey, I want an ESPN Plus so I can watch Kansas versus WVU. So a top five Kansas team is playing a what will probably be a top 15 WVU team. And the only people that are going to be seeing it are the people that have the ESPN Plus. It's not going to be on television. All right? And that's 2019 for you, 2020. That's that's the world we live in. <clears throat> Kansas is really good. West Virginia has never beat Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse. That's, that's Kansas's uh, arena. And I'm telling you that because that's a fact. All right? So am I saying West Virginia is going to lose Saturday? Yes, I'm saying that. Do I want to be wrong and play this at the beginning of the next podcast? Absolutely. But history tells me WVU is not going to win this game. And that's okay. Kansas is really good. They're really good at home. And it's just how it works. (laughs) That's how basketball works. It's hard to beat. For West Virginia, if they beat a top five Ohio State and then beat a top five Kansas, both games away from Morgantown, do you know what that means? I don't know what that means, but it's definitely uncharted territory in the history of WVU is what I'm saying. Maybe they did it when Jerry West was playing, but that's like uncharted territory. So that's how big it would be. If somehow West Virginia defies history and, uh, you know, and sound reasoning and go into Lawrence, Kansas and beat Kansas at Kansas, that would be the best two wins in a row in the history of the world <laughs> for WVU. And I'm not trying to, I'm not overreacting. I'm just telling you that's the stakes. They're probably going to lose. And I want to be wrong. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just listen on one. Listen on Apple Podcasts. Listen on Spotify. Listen on Overcast. Listen on Google Podcasts. Listen on a little something called CastBox. CastBox. I'll just pick one thing. Subscribe to the podcast. Wherever you listen, hit the subscribe button. That means the podcast automatically downloads to your device and then you can play it or just hit the hit the play button and mute it, that helps me. If you do that, that helps me, and I appreciate it. If you want us Unreasonable Doubt swag, click on the link in this podcast description or go to my social media accounts and click on the link, and that will take you to the store, and you can wear Unreasonable Doubt stuff. All right? Until next time, I'm W. I'm not WVU. <laughs> I'm Josh Witt. I'm not West Virginia University. 
I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Doubt. WVU for the 2019-2020 season. They have 11 wins and one loss.